Global Broadcasting Networks presents Military Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every strong soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family supporting them. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over five seasons, with three million monthly listeners, we are Radio Strong. We're here to share resources and experts on topics important to you, the military family. Join us. We've got another great episode starting right now. Here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, military moms. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd. And, Rob, we've got another jam-packed show today, and we're going to visit with Rick Johnson later on in the show. He's the best-selling author of That's My Son. I have all of his books. And he wrote this great book called 10 Things Great Dads Do, Strategies for Raising Great Kids. I actually read it because in my household, I am the dad. That, well, this is it. And this is something that I do want to talk to him later on in the show about um, to, to share with us um, is there are many op- instances where there is a dad not at home all the time or maybe not. Ever. I mean, there there are uh, families that are, are dad-less, let alone just having uh, a split family. So th- there's a lot of complications in our family lives. So it's wonderful we have someone as, as uh, talented as Rick coming on to help us plow through all of that. It is. It's tough, you know, and we've got a lot of families that have a dad in the military family, but dad might be on deployment or dad might be working, you know, certain hours or in certain locations that makes it really tough. Uh, to have a traditional parenting environment, you know, how we, you mm-hmm. know, look at it like on, you know, TV growing up. Because, you know, to me now, the traditional family, I look at my kids' grade schools and we've got blended families. We've got same-sex families. We've got single parents. We've got single mothers. We've got a lot of grandparents uh, mm-hmm. raising the kids, especially in our neighborhood where we've got a couple, you know, where both husband and wife are on deployment and grandma and grandpa right. are raising the kids. Exactly. So right. the face of today's family is really really, really different. We even have a family in town uh, who lost their mother and father and separate. Dad had a heart attack and died. Mom got hit by a car, which is horrible. Um, But the 25-year-old sibling is raising the younger one. So families take every shape you can imagine today. And so that's why having somebody on like Rick Johnson who can talk about these strategies for raising great kids, um, it's really important, I think. Absolutely important. And sometimes we're just too ingrained with tradition to be able to think a little more outside the box and be able to say, I can have a relationship with my dad while he's deployed. I can have a relationship with my mom that may have done dad type things. So being able to have those, um, the, the permission to go outside what we thought was a traditional family life, new traditions, new, new normals, new, this is, this is what today's family is. And no family should be sort of, uh, framed the same as somebody else. If this is your family profile, this is what you make it work and how you make it successful. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And that's why we bring on these parenting experts, because we don't know what what you're facing as listeners. I know what I'm facing, you know, in my household. But it also changes, Rob, I got to tell you, you know, um, my kids, you know, are whatever, eight and 12 now or nine and 12, sorry, nine and 12. And their needs and my needs and and the household needs are so different than they were when we started the show six years ago. I mean, I can't even tell you how different it is. Very much so. And and obviously things do change. Either there's a, there is a divorce, there is a loss, there is somebody else moving in, there is a new, uh, whether it be a step-parent or whether it be, um, uh, like you say, an older sibling now taking over. Think of the dynamic of this family. What Who was an older brother or is whether it's a woman or a man I'm not sure what you said but an older brother now all of a sudden taking over as a parental role um, that dynamic is completely different they have a completely different role with those younger children it is it is and I'm really you know happy to say you know in my family situation you know I think of like coach Pete and coach Rec. I think about the metal arc teachers that's where my kids go to school um, yeah. you know Mrs. Wolman Mrs. Trussell Mrs. Trevelyan I'm using their names Mr. Roland because I honor them so much because they have stepped in time and time again when the children lost their stepbrother when he died when they got remarried the, the, the father and the girlfriend and you know there's been so many changes in our household and all these parents and teachers have stepped up to Mm. help my kids. It's really been an amazing gift uh, to me. And I sometimes feel guilty because I think my kids get more attention than other kids. Oh, well, (laughs) I I suppose that that kind of happens, but I don't think so. You know, I think you might think that but i'm sure it's not that's just my middle child coming out you know i was the middle you know (laughs) forgotten child oh poor me you know i look at my kids today but i am grateful you know through all my family's been through and i look at the military family going through the same type of things i'm going through and then you got to add on top of it the military moves the segregation in the bases and maybe you're on base or off post you know all these things there's like a million variables um but at the end of the day you know whether you're the mother, the grandmother, the aunt, or the dad, the father, the stepfather, the boyfriend, you know, the uncle, today's um, episode about raise 10 things great dads do um, it can apply to all of us. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And isn't that the ultimate goal? I mean, we're trying to raise healthy, um, smart, self um good self-esteem children um, with good values regardless of what that build comes from. Right, because we, we've got yeah. a generation now of war kids. You know, the the current war started when Max was born, you know, in, in July of 2003. And we're now in, you know, he's 12 years old. So we've got a whole decade plus of children born during this conflict that's very yeah. different than other generations. You know, we really have to go back to really Vietnam in the 60s or, you know, back to World War II or the Korean War to have anything even close to this. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So many dynamics. But there again, that's where we're thinking a little more creatively and looking at what your end goal is. What is it that we're trying to achieve and then finding the path to get there? So lots of wonderful resources. Rick Johnson is is a gem and we're so lucky to have him coming on today. 
I am. I am. Now you got some housekeeping to do, don't we? We've got well, some. Well, a little bit. Some... Yeah, you know, um, it, it just some news across uh, across the country, kind of thing. I noticed um, that the uh, Tricare Pharmacy um, issue is starting on October first. That beneficiaries living in the U.S. will be required to fill um, their maintenance drugs through Tricare starting October first. So that's right around the corner. Those who are affected. by by it should have gotten a letter from Express Scripts, um, and if you if this pertains to you, you would have gotten this information. So if you kind of thought it was junk mail or thought that it wasn't uh, necessarily pertinent to you, you should look at it. Um, and this again only pertains to people who are getting their their maintenance prescriptions through, say, a retail pharmacy like CVS or Rite Aid or or uh, the local pharmacy. If you are getting your f- prescriptions through military treatment facilities, then you're already in where you should be and you should be fine. But um, it's one of those things that creeps up on you with the start of school and getting kids back into the swing of things for, for those um you know, at, at the beginning of a year, sometimes you forget about this kind of prescription drug thing. So you want to make sure if TRICARE affects you that you are taking care of it. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. There was something else that I, I came across. Did Have you ever been involved, Sandra, in the um, extension program through either the uh, 4-H or the universities in your area? No. My mother was when I was a kid. I remember her traveling, and I she, actually she used to keep me out of school every so often when she would have an extension meeting. And this was through the University of New Hampshire and um, 4-H programs, and it's called the Cooperative Extension Program, which is a wonderful adult learning kind of organization. It's not really like a classroom type of thing, but you belong to Cooperative Extension, and you get to go to a lot of different programs throughout your area. Um, And there is a whole section in extension.org that is geared toward military family learnings, uh, the learning network seminars. They cover everything from family development to military caregiving, personal finance, nutrition, and wellness. There's a lot of programs. Many of them are free or very, very low cost. Um, And I believe that uh, many of them are virtual. So it's not even a matter of of physically having to go. But I wanted people to understand that there are a lot of resources for military families at extension.org, E-X-T-E-N-S-I-O-N.org. How to obtain continuing aid units, for example, Uh, a a whole chapter on resource books, childcare, coping, healthy recipes, um, creating new strategies to build and trust um, build trust and credibility. A lot of family uh, enrichment um, through the extension program. So if you've never heard of con- um, cooperative extension, take a look, uh, Google it, and find where cooperative extension programs are in your area. Um, and especially if you've gotten into a new area, you've just moved, you've just had a had a move, you may want to check out what's uh, in that new area so that you're able to find some cool stuff. Hmm. Pretty neat. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is. It is. Like I say, I can remember going to extension meetings with my mom. She would take me out of school because she kind of was thinking, I'm going to get something very different and very unique. And I remember going and learning how to cane a chair with my mother. <laughs> that a girl. Better than being caned. <laughs> Uh, Sandra, we've got a break coming up. And on the other side of the break, we're going to meet author and speaker Rick Johnson. He's the founder of Better Dads, whose mission is to influence families with life-changing insights on parenting, marriage, and personal growth. I can't wait to talk to him. I can't wait to meet him. And I'm so anxious for all of you to meet him as well. Be back in a moment. We've got lots more ahead. Stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. Are you ready to start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo-hoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we are visiting today with Rick Johnson, as promised. His latest book, 10 Things Great Dads Do, Strategies for Raising Great Kids, is really important. He wrote another great book that I have a copy of, um, That's My Son, which I like. And I think I have That's My Teenage Son. I know I have, you know, at least, (laughs) I think it's That's My Teenage Son, That's My Son. I don't have a daughter, so I never bought That's My Girl. But I do have... um, 
you know, gosh, it might be another one, Stronger Son. I think I'm killing your your intro here, Rick. Um, but thank you so much for being here with us today. And can you just read the titles of all of your books? Because I think it's appropriate for our listeners today. They may want to buy any one or, in my case, like five out of the six. Wow. I don't, you know, there's like 11 of them, so I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know if I can remember all the titles. But, um, but in the background, there's three of them there. There's that, That's my son. And then there was a sequel to that. That's my teenage son, um, Better Dad, Stronger Sons, Becoming Your Spouse's Better Half, which is a best-selling marriage book. Um, I have a book for women on speaking their husband's language called How to Talk So Your Husband Will Listen and Listen So Your Husband Will Talk. Um, we have the father-daughter book, which is Becoming the Dad Your Daughter Needs. Um what else? I don't know. There's there's several. <laughs> More than you probably want to know about. So <laughs> I I'm hoping that everybody heads out to the bookstore and finds these because so many of what uh I think I hear parents not complaining about, but being uh, finding a struggle are are covered in so many of your titles. Rick, fundamentally, when you look back, uh, say, over the last 20 or 30 years, how has parenting changed over the last few years that you've, you see is end? Sure. Well, and I think just from the last generation to this generation, parenting has changed quite a bit. Um, mm. On one hand, we have completely different roles for fathers than we used to have. I mean, even when I was a young father, there was still this... Um, common perception that I think a father's main role in life was to provide for his family. Uh, and, and in fact, I remember my wife and I had to lobby pretty hard to get me to be in the delivery room when our children were born. Okay. I mean, I'm <laughs> wow. not that old, I'm old, but I'm not that old. Right. So that's kind of, you know, there's been some significant changes now. I think nearly all dads really want to be more involved than maybe their dads or grandfathers were in their children's lives. And um, the offset to that, I think, is that we, we find ourselves in a situation where we have a lot of um, divorce taking place in our culture. And we have a lot of men that have grown up without, a, a po- without any or without a positive role model of what a, a healthy father looks like. And so a lot of young men that I work with today want to be good dads. I think um, a lot of times they just don't really know what it is that they're supposed to do because they haven't had a model for them. And, and as males, that's how we learn best is by observing, by having it modeled for us instead of um, reading about it or, or somebody telling us about it. So what do you see as the biggest, um, you know, the military family's a little bit different. They have all the, you know, troubles and tribulations and trials of a traditional family in today's uh, world. But then you throw on top of it um, the fragmenting of families. They're living far away from relatives. Their, their dad or mom might be coming back and forth on deployment. They might be moving every two years. Sometimes they're moving overseas. That's an additional stressor on our families. And how does that, how do you think that affects in your mind, you know, the, the ability for the military family, the, the typical one to parent effectively? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, you know, obviously it's a huge factor. Um, In fact, I remember when I was in the service, I distinctly remember being 
really glad that I wasn't married at the time because of a lot of the things that I observed even back then um, would have been pretty tough to deal with, um, particularly deployment. You know, you, you're, you're taking young women out of their out of their families, out of their contacts, their friends, and putting them in environments where they don't know anybody. Then you're sending their husbands off. Significantly difficult. You've got you've got you know young women that are essentially single mothers for extended periods of time. Um, you combat that with several years ago. I spent a couple of years working with special forces and and, and their families, and they have you know eighty percent divorce rate or, or whatever the statistics are. They're pretty pretty grim. And they face even more significant challenges probably than the than the average military family does. But, you know, all of those things obviously make it really difficult to, to parent, especially if you consider your marriage to be the foundation of what, you know, what your children need most uh, in order to, to be raised healthily. Um, I think that's the key component to, to being a good parent is having a good marriage. Mm. Rick, so many times I think when uh, parents are separated for a, a duration, uh, the the person who is at home with the children may have established a uh, a routine or, or whatever, and then many times when that deployed person is is back in in with the family unit again, maybe things are a little bit different than what he or she had remembered of the family. What what's your advice for for couples to sort of reunite and get back on track? The worst thing you can do is sort of disagree with either a discipline or a permission right in front of right. the child. Um, how do you get back on track with each other before you continue uh, with positive parenting? Yeah, and I think that can be definitely a real challenge. I heard that a lot when I was working with the group that I was working with. And, um, you know, particularly if you've been deployed to combat zones or things like that, you have even more significant challenges to deal with when you come back. I, I think one of the things that maybe you need to do as a couple is to take it slow, try to get an opportunity to get away by yourselves if possible. Um, just kind of work through some of these things before you get too involved one way or another. You know, mom has been, again, essentially a single mom for all this time. She's been used to making all the decisions. Dad maybe has been used to being the leader of the, the home. He comes home, <laughs> you know, now he's wanting to tell everybody what to do. And here, Mom, again, like you said, she has a routine that seems to be successful. And um, that can cause a lot of strife and, and problems. But I, I, I think if you, if you can take it slow and anticipate some of these kinds of things, you know, part of the problems that, that I see with, with all parents is is when we're when we're being reactive instead of proactive about certain situations. So, and and that could be just about anything. When we react, we tend to not do very well. But if we can be proactive and anticipate these kinds of things before they happen and have a plan in place to be able to to deal with them, um, it tends to be a little bit easier and a little bit smoother transition. Mm-hmm. And it is a challenge. <laughs> it's a it's quite the challenge because not only are they dealing with this with reuniting, there's also some issues in reintegration that are that are always evident, regardless if they're significant or maybe not as significant. There, there certainly is the complications. Um, what about you, Rick? When you were growing up, who was 
who were the men in your life? Well, you know, and, and I grew up like probably a lot of guys now in our culture. I grew up in an alcoholic home. Uh, my mother was an alcoholic. My stepfather was an alcoholic. Um, pretty abusive environment, physically, mentally. Mm. Um, and so when I grew up, you know, I, you, you tend to walk in the footsteps that are modeled for you. I kind of made a lot of bad choices growing up. Um, I didn't really have any. I, I, I suppose maybe some sports coaches were, were the best male role models that I had. Um, it's interesting, though, that one of the things that I see with people who come from those types of environments and successfully overcome them, um, almost to a person, they tell me that uh, at some point during their their growing up, uh, there was a, a person or a couple or a family that they were able to observe that modeled for them what a healthy uh, what a healthy environment looked like, and um, and I think I had you know whether they were friends, families, friends or whatever, I think I was fortunate enough to observe a couple of those kinds of things, which gave me a a vision to be able to say, you know, I'm not, I don't want to live in this, this way. I don't want to walk in that, those footsteps. I want to, I want to try to emulate this. And so, you know, I was able to overcome some of that stuff, but um, it was a challenge for me. It was a challenge for me, both as a husband, as a man, as a father, to try to figure out what those roles were, what those looked like, because I hadn't had a model for me before. Mm. Did you have siblings? I did. I had a, I had uh, three step-siblings that I was raised with, and then I have three step-siblings that I wasn't raised with. So so you really do have some um, varying perspectives to, to bring to the table when, you're, when you are talking with the uh, families That's that you are nice talking. That's a nice way to put it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, and you asked me about I was very fortunate – to when I was 24 years old, right after I'd gotten out of the service, to to meet my biological father, oh. and um, he's he's a great man. I mean, you know, we have a great relationship over the years. We've developed a very close relationship, and he really, I think, in his in a quiet, sort of understated way, um, role modeled for me a lot of the things that um, I assimilated about what it means to be a man, a husband, a father, those types of things. It's interesting, and I hope that people are open to um, always learning. You know, I think when when you become a dad, you're hoping to be the person that you would want to have had as a dad. Um, and sometimes things change in your life and um, new influences come in. So I'm hoping that people are open to all of those um, those influences. And you obviously have had a, such a variation and, and are bringing such a positive light to all of the things that you have been challenged with. So we're grateful that you're here. We're going to go to a commercial break, Rick. Um, and on the other side of the break, uh, we, you briefly talked a little bit um, about maybe men having been leaders, especially if you've been in the military. But I want to talk a little bit about what's the difference between being a leader or being bossy. <laughs> that can be a very uh, fine line. We're going to be back right after the break with Rick Johnson. We've got lots more ahead. Stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio. 
If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can with Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi, Mondays at noon central. Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches Lessons in Joyful Living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Do you ever wonder if you're the only woman who runs errands in her yoga pants so it will look like she went to the gym? Or how about the only mom who feeds her kids raw cookie dough? Or are you the only one who cooks her family cold cereal for dinner? Do you need more laughter and less loudness? More self-love and less self-loathing? More joy and less judgment? You're not alone. Come to The Living Room, a place where we get comfy, candid, and confident together. Come seeking sanctuary and leave feeling renewed. We are saving a seat for you. Give yourself some living room today. back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Robin Boyd. And for those of you that missed the first half of the show, you can find this and a couple hundred hours of family-friendly programming on Global Broadcasting Network's website, toginet, that's T-O-G-I-N-E-T dot com. You can go to iTunes, look up Military Mom Talk Radio. Uh, you'll find us there. You can find this and many other episodes that can help you with your parenting. Uh, we're visiting today with Rick Johnson. And, you know, Rob, this weekend when I was at soccer, I was watching the parenting, you know, in preparation for today's show between the moms and the dads and you know we had a soccer practice then we had a double header and I watched the moms you know like nag their kids and what they were supposed to do but the dads handled it very differently like you know one of the dads just told his son hey you got to do x y and z if you don't they're going to take the ball away from you if you kick it hard you're going to get hit in the face he dad told him once or twice dropped it kid didn't learn and, and you know then he got hit in the face <laughs> and then he's like oh well you know I guess I learned um, but it was very, very different parenting. And you mentioned before we went to break the difference between leadership and being bossy. And I'm going to throw in that caveat for Rick since he is, you know, the dad expert over here. The the different parenting styles and should moms adopt a more dad parenting style if they are the dad in the household? So there's a mouthful for you, Rick. Yeah, there's a lot to unwrap there. First of all, let me just clarify a fathering expert. I get called that a lot. If you if you define expert by somebody that's made all the mistakes possible you can make, then then maybe I qualify for it. But um, out of play. yeah, you know, and, and no, I, I'm not sure that moms should become more like dads. I think I think you know a, a mom and a father's parenting styles, at least generalization of those parenting styles complement each other very well moms tend to have more of a unconditional love fathers tend to have more of a performance-based 
kind of love. And I think kids need both of those to be healthy. Um, that said, let me say that I work a lot with single moms raising boys, um, have for years. And the boys who tend to grow up to be good men raised by single moms all tell me one thing. They say, mom was really tough on me. <laughs> mom was really hard on it. She didn't put up with a lot of nonsense. So I think maybe there is some some wisdom to that if dad has maybe gone for an extended period of time. That said, um, as you mentioned with the soccer ball incident, experience tends to be the best teacher. And um, one of the challenges that I put forth in my book is that we know that suffering creates character in people. In fact, it's really hard to develop character without suffering. And so the challenge is for parents, especially maybe for moms who don't like to, or people from my background who, you know, are aghast at allowing our kids to suffer. We don't want them to live any kind of a lifestyle like we did growing up. How do you allow them to suffer to develop character enough without traumatizing them? And so that tends to be the big question. It is a big question because that's something that is very experience-based and you almost have to control the experiences that your children have to result in the character you're trying to hopefully in, in instill in your in your child. We have um, I, I'm uh, very involved with our our Girl Scouting organization, um, and our mission, of course, is building um, girls of uh, courage, confidence, and character. So I'm curious to know where does that um, leadership element come in in your mind uh, to be able to develop this kind of character? How can we get uh, children to feel confident, to feel um, able to lead without being bossy, without being the, the kid that everybody hates right. to sit with on the bus? <laughs> well, and I think the first step to that is that we have to have a vision. We have to know <clears throat> what it is that we think is important. As a husband and wife, we have to sit down and say, you know, here's what we want our family to stand for. Here's the values that we think are important. Here's the, the values and the character traits that we want to really focus on instilling in our kids. Because, again, you want to be proactive instead of reactive. Um, so then when that happens, when you get an opportunity where something comes up, you allow the, your children to suffer the consequences of their choices and decisions. For instance, you might tell them, look, here, if you do this, here's what's going to happen. If you don't do it, here's what's going to happen. It's your choice, but then you allow them to suffer the consequences of this. Because that's the best learning tool, I think, for kids. Not only that, but especially with boys, probably with girls too, um, we develop healthy self-esteem, self-image by trying something, failing persevering until we succeed at it. That's especially with males. That's how we develop healthy self self-esteem. We don't develop healthy self-esteem by mom telling us how wonderful we are. Okay. So uh, when we don't allow boys and girls, I think to, to fail, we, first of all, we don't allow them to learn because that's the best teaching tool is our failures. But secondly, we also don't allow them to develop healthy self-esteem. Because if we rescue them too much, um, they fail to learn that. And, and my wife and I, again, both from very um, abusive backgrounds growing up, 
we look back with our kids and we would probably readily admit that we maybe rescued them a little bit too much. We didn't allow them to suffer the consequences of their choices and decisions. And I think it's, it's been somewhat harmful for them as adults. You know, Rick, it's interesting you say that because, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of your, your work and I, I, I read your stuff and I follow it, you know, because I do have primarily, you know, other than my dad when he's here and he's 81 and he's like the quintessential Santa grandpa. Anything you say, boys, everything you want to do, boys, you're wonderful, you're wonderful, wonderful. So I find myself putting on the hat of bad cop. But you're right. I was after my kid for, for weeks to to unpack his backpack when he gets home take out his old lunch thing take out his old um you know dirty gym clothes and you know he's a boy so you know they get pretty ripe and and you know he's starting to like girls now and you know and it was really hard for me not to unpack his backpack this weekend and his backpack got full of ants because we live in the desert and this morning he looked at me ready to cry he's like mom my gym clothes are disgusting they've been sitting in you know 100 degree heat in my backpack in the car all weekend and i'm like sorry bud you know love you but told you you know at least 10 times you know clean out your lunchbox clean out your gym clothes and it was really difficult for me as a mom to you know to watch him cry he's going to be embarrassed in gym class he's going to be the kid who stinks but you know (laughs) only once only once yeah i mean in my house my dad was navy and my mom was uh, she was raised by a single mom, and in those days, that that really didn't happen. And boy, she was tough on us, and she didn't give us a break. But when I went through my old own traumas in my life, I knew I could survive. I knew I could handle it. And as much as it's a heartbreaker as a mom side of me, the dad side of me is like, well, you know what? You learned a tough lesson, and and you know, sorry you stink. Yeah. Well, and they're life lessons. By the way, I'm proud of you for for doing that. Like <laughs> that was That's hard. Awesome. Good job. <laughs> so let's talk about. I would like to talk about teaching character because you know my kids and I have these fireside chats, and um, you know we we make a plan. Uh, we can't eat dinner together every night of the week because some nights they do go to see their dad and stepmom. Um, but like Mondays and Wednesdays are our non-negotiable days. Every other Friday are non-negotiable. You know th- we have identified family time, and that can be to you know eat dinner, swim in the pool, whatever it is. But you know there's no influence, no cell phones, no anything. I make them put their phones in a box, which they hate. I got to tell you, you know, you talk about hating them. Put yeah. it in a box and say, okay, put your phone in there, and then they're like, mom, you too. So you know. <laughs> But it's it's necessary, and we we have these discussions about character. What else do you do to help a little boy build character, specifically in a female? We're going to call it female centered household, whether it's divorce, dad's on deployment, or dad's you know gone. Well, a couple of things that I think are helpful um, again because boys are visual. Boys are also very attracted to movies, things like that. You know, movies are a great opportunity um, because they tend to show examples of some of the best and some of the worst character qualities that men possess. And so, you know, sitting down with your son and, and watching some of these kinds of movies and saying things like, wow, you know, what kind of character do you think that guy has? Or, or you know, that's what a man is like right there. What do you think about that? You know, those kinds of conversations, I think, can be very helpful for, for boys. Um, the other side to that is... Again, you know, if the dad's deployed is one thing, but maybe if, if if it's a situation where the family is divorced or something like that, it is really imperative for mom to 
to find positive male role models to be in a boy's life. And, and those can, you know, I think when I talk to single moms and, and say that, they know that, right? But it's like, where do we find these guys, right? And so, you know, we talk a lot about everything from grandpas to, to uncles to coaches to male teachers, whatever. Um, but also even neighbors, you know, if, if the guy down the street's a good man, talk to him and his wife and say, you know, the next time you take your kids to the game, can you ask my boy to go? Or the next time you mow the lawn, can you ask my son to come over and help? It's not being this great wise mentor as much as it is a, a boy seeing um, what it means to be a man, how a man thinks, how he acts, how he solves problems, how he faces life. Mm. We've only got a couple of minutes before the break, Rick, um, and I wanted to sort of run by you what I used to do with my kids. We would sit down to watch a TV show, and in between, instead of watching the commercial, I would mute the television, and I would say, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think this person is feeling? Why do you think... Um, this, do you think this little girl is feeling guilty or do you think the little boy is feeling guilty and why? Um, and we would use that time for conversation and be able to sort of project what could the outcome be given the circumstances that, um, are in the, in the plot. And it, it was great for my kids to forecast, to be able to have the ability to say, all right, here's an action. This looks cool right now, but, um, what's the, um, what's the end result going to be if we go this path and maybe we should choose a different path. Um, yeah, I think, and I think there's a lot of great things in that scenario. Um, it's a great way to teach kids, um, compassion and empathy, um, you know, I think the important thing that that you really tied into is that, you know, TV gets a bad rap, rightfully so in a lot of situations, but it can also be used as a very powerful family tool to, to teach all kinds of lessons. It just depends on how much we're involved with our kids. Right. And <clears throat> sitting and watching the shows with them, I think, is important. And it's it's got to be difficult sometimes because we've got a gazillion things that we've got to accomplish uh, in the 24 hours we're given. But um, I think those kinds of things are important. And if they're going to be exposed to media, you might as well be a part of it. So. Rick, we'll keep you, uh, keep, uh, keep you on board. We've got Rick Johnson with us. He's the founder of BetterDads.net. We've got lots more ahead. Stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the million-dollar mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the million-dollar mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, marlatabaka.com. 
That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A dot com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd. And Rob, we were talking uh, during the break about, you know, what happens when your kids, you know, because here I've taught my kids to not judge. You know, I, I come from a Christian family, so we judge, you know, we don't, or well, <laughs> sometimes we judge, but <laughs> we try not to judge, but we're discerning, you know, yeah, and, sure. you know, my one son has a heart of gold and he just, he loves everyone. He was popped out that way, you know, a little happy kid. Um, but he doesn't, um, he doesn't make the best choices sometimes in the friends that I would like him to be with. And he's always trying to include everybody. And as a result, he includes some kids that are real troubled and he gets involved in things. And I'm not being one of those moms who doesn't recognize her own kid does, you know, bad things at times. They do. I get it. Mm -hmm. But when they choose friends that you wouldn't want them to have or that aren't good influences on them, and yet you've taught them to live with an open heart, be loving and accepting and non-judgmental, you know, where do you go with that? Are you talking to me? Yeah, Rick, Robin, <laughs> anybody at this point, because yeah. it's my help hour. Well, I wasn't sure if you were going. Yeah, go to go to Rick because you know, Rick, I had the similar situation. Just to just to expand that a little bit, I remember um, w- when my kids were about Sandra's children's age. There was especially a couple of kids that would come to the house and you could see the deviousness or that they would intend to let's do something. Your mom won't see this or you let's see if we can do this without your mom finding out. And of course, the mom with the eyes in the back of her head are going to know that, okay, you know, there's something going on behind my back that I, I really don't want. That seems very innocent when they're 11 and 12, but you can just look down the road five years later when they're 16 and 17 years old, then what kind of, uh, events are they going to get themselves involved in far more serious than whether or not they're going to see whether they stole cookies out of the cookie jar. Yeah. One of the chapters in the book that I talk about is being the gatekeeper of your home um, and the importance of that. And, you know, I, I talk with a lot of parents that are very uncomfortable with dictating or interfering with the friends that their children make. 
And here, here's how we kind of looked at it. You know, you wouldn't allow your kids to play with a medicine, a cabinet full of dangerous medicine or, or drugs. And you wouldn't allow your kids to hang out with pimps or pushers. But the truth of the matter is there's some kids in your children's school that are apprenticing for those jobs right now. And so we felt it was imperative for us to be involved in the kind of kids that our friends that our children made while they were growing up. And we, we did that in a number of ways, not overbearingly, hopefully. Um, one of the things that we did is we made sure that we had a pool in the backyard, trampolines, all the things, and that we always invited their friends over to our house. When they came over, they always got fed, you know, usually pizza or something like that. We wanted an environment where our kids were hanging around our home where we knew what was going on as much as possible. Um, you know, one of you mentioned about your son having a kind heart. Our daughter was like that, and and for whatever reason, she seemed to be drawn to only girls who didn't have mothers, which, which you would think is, is unusual, and yet she found quite a few of these young women that, that were raised in those situations. And, and because of the work that I do, we were able to kind of sit down and talk with her a little bit after having met those people, those girls, and explain that, look, statistically, here's, here's what could potentially happen in kids' lives who grow up in these situations. Um, doesn't mean it's going to always be that way, but it's something just for her to be aware of. The other thing that we wanted to do is we always wanted to meet our kids' friends' parents. That wasn't always really comfortable because a lot of times they were parents that we would never allow our kids to go over to their home. Nonetheless, we wanted to meet them, if nothing else, for our children to have a comparison of us as parents versus their friends as parents and what that looked like. And frankly, there were some times when we just had to say, you know, we're not comfortable with you being friends with that person and um, had to deal with it from that perspective. Yeah. As children get older into those teen years, how do you think that kind of approach mm -hmm. um, resonates? Do you think that encourages them to do things before? behind your back or do you think that gives you, you are giving what your value is in a friend therefore they you hope would hope that they would model after you in your perspective well certainly as they get older i don't think forbidding them to do almost anything yeah. is probably <laughs> a very good strategy nevertheless um interestingly a lot of the friends of my daughter who we talked about what the statistics would say ended up following those exact paths. And, um, and so she was able to see without us even saying anything, without us saying, I told you so, or whatever, that maybe mom and dad knew what they were talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and it really only took one or two of those for her to, maybe she, she didn't admit that <laughs> maybe she didn't admit that we were, you know, great and knew what we were talking about, but I think she's still <laughs> following along with some of the values that we had set. But, you know, and I think I think the other thing is not judging them. I mean, yeah. I don't know who's mentioned that, but, um, you know, I think it's important to accept their friends even if we're, we're not approving of them. Um, because I talked earlier about people from those environments needing to have a positive 
role model sure. sometimes as an example, and, and maybe we serve that. Maybe, maybe in the bigger picture, we're the only people that they see that there's a a normal family, um, and gives them the vision of what they want to try to achieve when they when they get older. Well, and one of the things I've been doing, and Rick, I'd love to get your take on this because, you know, any free parenting advice I can get, even if it's on the air, is is appreciated. Um, I have sorted my kids' friends, and I've told them this. We've got red light friends, green light friends, and yellow light friends. And, you know, I always want to give a chance for a red light friend to come up to be a green light friend. And because we have certain rules in our household, you know, there is no profanity. There is, you know, you clear your plate, you know, you say please and thank you, you know, you ask ask before you go in my kitchen to get something you ask before you turn on the tv when i say get out of the pool it means get out of the pool and i'm real clear when the boys my kids friends come over and when the kids are naughty i'm clear with them and if they're really naughty because in a couple of cases these kids were really naughty i'm on the phone the in a new york minute calling the parents going you need to come and pick up your child i'm sorry this is not appropriate behavior in my house and you know so my kids know that they're green light red light you know yellow light friends and that if they're going to be over here they're going to behave essentially because it's my house you know this isn't a uh, i don't like your friends things this is i pay for this house this is where we live this is our safe place to go this is our family um boundary kind of thing and i've noticed that the kids then clamor to come over to my house when they've been bounced from the house or they've been kicked out of the house then they want to know their parents make them call me they have to apologize to me not because i have an ego trip but i need these guys to know hey rules exist whether it's here in the military in the school or whatever because i think people are afraid parents are afraid today to enforce any rule right no and i think that's a great example of being a parent versus being a friend of your of your children I, I think kids, no matter what background they come from, are attracted to and thrive under good boundaries, rules. Um, they need that. It, it makes them feel safe and secure. And so, um, if we, again, if we can provide that, maybe that's the only example of that some of these kids are getting in their lives. It's a good thing. I agree wholeheartedly. And I think there there's also very room for children to understand that there are different rules in different environments. I mean, if you go to church, you're going to have different rules than you have maybe at school. Similar, yes, but they are going to be different. If you go to this house, this might be permitted, but you go to that house and maybe that's not preferred. Um, and understanding that there are differences, um, different rules is important. Rick, what's your your thought if um, because we were talking about so many uh, instances where maybe there are single moms, um, where what do you suggest if if you're feeling that your children need a positive male role? Should the mom just fill in that male male position, or should we really try to find somebody, be it a coach or be it a a teacher? um, Is it really important to find a male to help influence children? Well, I believe it is, and and here's the reason why, and I think the first person I heard say this was John Eldridge, but the fact that masculinity bestows masculinity, femininity can never bestow masculinity, and I think that's very true. Um, doesn't mean that moms aren't extremely important in raising boys. Um, 
millions of men have been raised just by their mothers and ended up to be great men, some of the greatest men our country's produced. But again, the, the ones that I see that tend to be more successful were where mom was the catalyst to facilitate a, a, a positive male role model in her son's life. Um, now, for, for moms who've been wounded, sometimes they might not make good choices and they have to be really careful about mm. how they go about doing that. But um, I think mom has to be the catalyst to the, because she needs to be, again, the gatekeeper about what kind of men she's allowing to be involved in her son's life. Interesting, interesting. As we said at the top of the hour, Rick, you have 11 books out there for people to uh, get get information, and you have speaking engagements as well. Um, the best place, I'm assuming, is your website. Can you give everybody your website? Right, yeah, betterdads.net. And mm-hmm. um, you can buy any of my books there. I'll even sign them for you. And um, there's all kinds of information on the programs that we do. Um, speaking engagement schedule, things like that. Wonderful, wonderful. And what part of the country are you, Rick? I live in Portland, Oregon. Oh, okay. Just so if someone is looking for a speaking engagement with Rick Johnson, at least they know what neck of the woods you're in. <laughs> I'm all over, though. I'm I'm everywhere. I actually don't speak in the Pacific Northwest very much, so <laughs> surprisingly That's- enough. I'm Wonderful. usually down, you know, south or east or midwest or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Rick Johnson, thanks for being our guest today. We so appreciate it. And wish everybody to visit betterdads.net um, just for the most wonderful enrichment in your heart you could find. Thanks, Rick, for being with us. Yes. And thank you all for being on Military Mom Talk Radio today. Thanks for spending time with us today on Military Mom Talk Radio. We've got more than 200 episodes available to you anytime on iTunes or at our website, MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com. Find us on Facebook or Twitter. We look forward to another great conversation 